Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Wrestling Should Be Fun, episode number 85. It's going quite a long time now, isn't it? We're joined by, as usual, it is our most capped member. I've just redone the stats for us, and it is your 67th appearance today. So you're 67. getting up there in a, in a, is that more than any Bristol City players ever got for an international team? Was Fam got that many? Oh, Fam's got loads, yeah. I reckon maybe one of our old school players, like Ivan Tismatano, has played 67 games for Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Once again, I've done my job really badly and forgot to introduce myself, uh, which is now becoming a thing. So maybe I'll do it on purpose next time. Uh, I am JCH, of course, uh, your probably third, third or fourth choice host, depending if Ross or Dom or Conman are available. Uh, but this week we have got a very special guest following on from St. Patrick's Day. And we've got a bit of an Irish theme going this week. We're joined by Jerry Rush from the Irish Wrestling and Entertainment Podcast, who uh, we gave a shout. Well, we didn't actually give him a gimmick last week. Don just gave him a eulogy. Now, it's, what's the what's the eulogy when you're live? Uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome, welcome, Jerry. How are you doing? Thanks very much. Uh, I'll take the eulogy. I've been called worse. Thanks for, <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Let's appreciate it. No problem at all. Uh, got a bit of a packed show today. Um, we've Starting off, Ross, uh, do we have a call-up sheet? We certainly do. Play that jingle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First up for the call-up sheet, we've got Saxist Alex, who goes by the Twitter name Old Kid Sloth. Deleted my old account because I was down bad. I'm back because I'm up good. I made the news once. One quarter of the greatest podcast in the known universe. Brohamps. Okay. Um, I'm getting a sort of saxophone based player gimmick from the new the new Twitter account, gone from a bad time. Just took up the saxophone, really, to sort of get themselves into a, into a better place. Anything anyone else would like to add? Well, for yeah. me, the absolute best theme music of all time, obviously, is Val Venus's music, which is pure sax. Hello, ladies. So, you know, like Shinsuke Nakamura had that guy with the violin, Saxis Alex is just... Val Venus's sax man <laughs> that goes on to have a wrestling career based off the fact that Val Venus is now an absolute mental head. <laughs> you could also get a vibe off him if he's uh, maybe plays a dentist, maybe he brings back uh, Glenn Jacobs as the dentist and just plays saxophone for him like Kenny G does for all the dentist office. <laughs> uh, next up, we have ourselves WrestleMania 00. Four times Wasp Sting Survivor. <laughs> I, uh, I think the Wasp Sting can definitely be um, brought into into the gimmick here. Some maybe he could be like sort of like Sting's nemesis, and uh, <laughs> stuff like he can't he can survive a Wasp Sting. He can survive Scorpion Deathlocks. 
<laughs> any insect or animal-based finishing movies have nothing on him. It could be a version of Bumblebee Man from The Simpsons. <laughs> like it. It's my favourite character. <laughs> <laughs> then Beehive Bedlam on the Sky Game. <laughs> That's some great callback. Beehive Bedlam. Games on the Sky Remote. <laughs> what was that one where you were, you were like a ship that went underneath? Is there, am I, this is going to be like my Billy Gun thing last week where no one knows what I'm talking about, isn't it? <laughs> Gavin F, definitely. Beats me, mate. Beats me. Oh, yeah. Talking Every of beating week. people, obviously <laughs> Russell Mania is the raven to uh, Sting's Tommy Dreamer, right? Sting can't beat him. Yeah, Sting can't beat him. <laughs> Unless, well, we don't know. Maybe the fifth time Sting will beat him. But... <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got Craig James... Mosty or Mosty or Most Eye, not sure. All that we've got is that he's called Craig James Most Eye from the UK. Giving us a lot to work with there, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the idea of him being in like a like a hip hop R and B trio where he's like Lisa Left Eye, but he's Craig James Most Eye, <laughs> and he wears a patch. Because <laughs> he mostly sees out of one eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling to add much more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Next up. Oh, someone has literally just added in, so right in time. Wow, this is a good name. Resting Creep Face Africa. V Norman 007. Before you and send shots, check my return policy. My opinions are my own and do not reflect my employer. Varnell Norman. <laughs> to me, resting creep face advocate means that he's got to be kind of um, Christian's bitch, the CLB, the creepy little bastard. <laughs> yeah, with a, with some sort of James Bond esque. Is he coming out in like a tux or 007 James Bond? Oh, there was a 007 in there, wasn't there? Yep. So there's a, a creepy James Bond. Well, there probably, <laughs> probably was one over the years. <laughs> a lot of James Bond. Villains had creepy faces, so maybe it's Bond villain. Bond villain, better, much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got two more. King of the Black and Gold, not Johnny Gargano. Heart of a Gargano. NXT is my head. It's something I'm trying to help build. Get it to its peak. I would do whatever I have to just make that happen. I'm not Johnny Gargano. Parody. <laughs> <laughs> it is Johnny Gargano. He's just in there. <laughs> Johnny Gargano's old, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Multiverse version of Johnny Gargano. Yeah. I'm getting a sort of um, like when Mickey James came in and was like a Trish Stratus super fan, but with yes. uh, but with Johnny Gargano. Yes, yeah. he's um, Jed to Alan Partridge. <laughs> 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 and last but not least, we had ourselves a special request from Dom that that is mate wanted a gimmick. I don't have her profile up. But she goes by the name of... It's uh, I've got it. Take it away, could, Yeah, so um, it's uh, Daria D. Colette on Instagram. Profile is Entertainer of the Year from MX Burlesque Island 2022. Possibly Ireland. I've written Ireland, but I think it's Ireland. <laughs> and she is Irish. Um, and it's her birthday. So I want to say happy birthday from, from Dom and everyone at Wrestling Should Be Fun. And looking for a... Wrestling gimmick for Daria Decolette, Entertainer of the Year, MX Burles, either Ireland or Ireland. Now I'm doubting my own handwriting, but <laughs> I think either would work. 
Because you're quite confused about the islands, I feel like she should be uh, Jeff Cobb's valet, and she is on the tour of the islands. <laughs> and the tour of the islands is either going to be around a lot of the islands of Jeff Cobb or the island of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Depending on which one, whether I've got it right or wrong. TBC. Card right. subject to change. <laughs> Some sort of version of the islanders, maybe. Perfect, yeah. She only eats Thousand Island. <laughs> she only watches TV shows about people getting lost on islands. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they only shot to Iceland, but that's taking it to a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother typo, isn't it? <laughs> so ending on that absolute travesty, <laughs> that, that, that was the call-up sheet. <laughs> we, we did mention it was hit and miss in the pre-show to Jerry. <laughs> they're all hits, they're all hits. <laughs> okay following on from that we're going to move straight on to our we're going to skip what we are watching to a little bit later today and we're going to go straight into our round table which is i mean i'm going to try and do dom justice ladies and gentlemen it's time for your main event of the evening it's the wrestling should be fun round table how's that ross is that all right not bad at all, mate. Not bad at all. Have you ever, ever felt like this? How strange things happen. Are you going round twists? Have you ever, ever felt like this? So we have got uh, Jerry on today because you've been at Scrappermania this weekend, Jerry? Yes, just gone on Saturday in Dublin, yeah. I checked out uh, you, your interview with Sammy D last week. Really enjoyed that. From my experience of OTT, uh, was following a fair bit during the, I'm going to say, Britrest boom, uh, which I guess OTT was similar when, with the sort of the Walter, Don yeah. Devlin, other people at the top sort of storylines, which obviously caught the uh, caught the world's attention, so to speak. I say as people who listen all the time will know, I, I stopped watching wrestling for a little while, uh, got back into it, which I'm glad about now. Uh, so I haven't caught up massively with the uh, the Irish scene since then. And I was wondering, like, I feel like the, the British scene since the post-COVID has sort of been more of a local scene than it was uh, before that. Is, is that similar to something you'd say with the with uh, the Irish scene? Definitely agree with that. I think for both uh, Britain and Ireland, like the, the independent promotions have really stepped up like since COVID, because like, obviously a lot of companies, you know, had to struggle. There's no government funding like, for... They don't consider them sports. They don't consider them entertainment. So they never got any funding. So they had to struggle on and survive on their own. So when they all came back, this is for pretty much every promotion, even Progress and Rev Pro and places like they all came back with a boom, like, and they've just been showing up. And I think the focus on their local talent is, you know, homegrown talent. And they've had to rely on them post COVID because a lot of people weren't traveling. So other than, you know, people from Ireland going to UK or people from UK coming over there and they're all relying on each other to put on the shows. And it seems they've gelled. A lot of companies have seen, they've you know, gone on the same route as they've just gone up and shown off and seen what, what they have to offer. You know, getting imports from the UK and Japan and places they got now is just a side part just to get, you know, meet and greets and stuff. And the focus is mainly on the homegrown talent and showing them what they can do. And it's, it's really improved. Like and a lot of the talent have stepped up and they've been getting noticed worldwide. Like people like Michael Oka, who's gone over to LA recently and he's been on the Chris Jericho podcast, like, you know, talk is Jericho. Like, and he's really shown up. And a lot of other people over here are really, people are really starting to take notice. Like somebody like Sammy D, you know, who's just literally 
anybody who hasn't seen Scrapper Mania or is listening that hasn't seen it, it's a spoiler, but he he uh, dethroned Omari this this weekend to become the OTT champion, which is huge for him because he started out there from day one as you know he was 14 years old when he started wrestling. So this is you know 14 years of hard work to the top. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. And they say listening last week to your show, you could just sort of hear uh, how much it meant to him that that he the scene had almost like he sounded like he was one of the main people to put the scene on his back. And one of the guys you were talking about who sort of dragged that scene up. Yeah. And they, yeah, these guys, and it's similar. I would say exactly the same as I've been in the UK. These guys got given a chance when a lot of the top talent all disappeared at once, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the mid card talent disappeared, and there wasn't that. And these guys were at, they weren't probably quite at the level they need to be straight away, but. They've, they've stuck at it and now when there's sort of some people coming back and the spots are already taken and they've got a sort of slot in where they can find their slot because guys like Sammy D and as you mentioned someone like Oku over, over here and yeah. have taken those spots and you know the, the guys who are coming back from the previous NXT UK whatever have got to find their way in because the lads have all stepped up or lads yeah. and girls sorry, have all stepped up yeah absolutely and, and if you look at it like people like you know trent and even dan maloney and people like that like they're they're traveling around they're going all over the world as an independent from you know they've shown themselves on tv people know who they are and they're able to travel around which is also freeing up the time for people who are still homegrown and haven't been on a worldwide scale to actually step up and these boys are able to come in underneath them now and prop them up and help them get to the top which is massive because you know like progress or rev pro like OTT and Fight Factor over here and even RCW and, and Cork here, they've all had these people like Big, Big Demo and, you know, Gene Money's even come over here a few times with them. Like, you know, they're they're able, you know, they're not on the main event of the shows. They they don't come in there. Just they, they don't want to be the main event. They're like, you know, just before the, the interval or just after the interval and they're propping up the show to hype up people for the main event, which is normally focusing on somebody who's homegrown or who's local. Yeah, and that's that's a great thing. I wrote this quote down because I wanted to bring it up to you um, your conversation last week, where I think I can't remember if it was yourself or or Sammy D said, you know, that people like John Moxley want to come over because they've heard of OTT, not heard of Sammy D, and then yeah. they, then then when they're there, then they sort of change their mind. Which mm-hmm. is, I remember that the first show I ever went to UK indie at all was to see Kurt Angle, and I went away thinking of Will Ospreay, like, yeah. and it's that it's that sort of same sort of thing, I guess, over there now. Yeah, big time. I like again similar to me. The first OTT show I ever went to, uh, Pac was facing Mike Bailey, which was you know wow. phenomenal, <laughs> crazy match. Like doing stuff like in a basically it was a, a basketball hall, you know, with like maybe a thousand people in it, but they were doing spots that you wouldn't see. And I think it was just before Pac signed with AEW, so it was like a week. He was literally on the Saturday and the following Wednesday he was on AEW, which was a few years back. But again, they weren't on the main event. But we left it. The main event was, you know, local talent, and you were just like never. You wouldn't have seen them before because you went there thinking, oh, "I'll go see Pack or you know Adrian Neville." Like, and I hadn't seen Mike Bailey before in person, which was another experience. But then, whenever the local talent got on and they were the main event, you were just like phenomenal, and then you're hooked with people like L.J. Cleary, who's been over a progress a few times, and Raven Creed, who's been over a progress a few times. Like people like that were on the card, and it was just. You know, amazing talent on show that you would never think of unless you went to a live show, which is one of the things we're trying to advocate for is people, you know, I have loads of friends who are you know, wrestling fans, but never been to an independent show. They, they watch WWE or their whole lives. They might watch AEW, but they'll never go to an independent show. And you're trying to drag them along just to have one experience because you know they're going to get hooked on it if they go. So 
that's something we're trying to push for is get pe- more people to go yeah i love that that's yeah that's something that we we definitely can all can all resonate with yeah just getting someone to that first live show and and once they, and like i say most people we've taken to shows once they, they want to come back again and yeah. um, what i want to ask before we go straight into the scrapomania a couple more questions you say obviously sammy d seems to be one of the big big people coming through is there like any other names that we have one i've seen come over to the uk yet who you recommend looking out for um, yeah well, I'm, or, we're pretty hope- or... i think we're hoping sammy d will start traveling because he has started advertising now that he's open for bookings which is something he hasn't done in the past so I, i'm hoping he'll end up in you know somewhere like progress to rip pro where he can show off what he's capable of after this weekend like you know he's faced trent seven and beating amari and you know he's showing what he can do like he's basically got the company's back you had martino session moth over you've had lj cleary over you know the talent there for ott there's just so many people that that are stepping up you know since the pandemic that there's a, it's a couple of debuts there's people like who aren't even irish who are, but they've come over to ireland in the last year to train uh, renzo rose he's an italian that and him and um him and his buddy had a match against santino morella which was like italian versus italian thing they had for scrap romania and renzo was we did a an award show for for 2022 just last month, and Renzo got Rookie of the Year. Well, even though he he gave out this for saying he's a rookie because he's been doing it for five years, but <laughs> he's been in Ireland for a year, so he he got Rookie of the Year for for our Irish wrestling. But I think he's somebody to look out for because he's got he's a perfect heel. Like he he has everything you want to hate on a heel, but he can back it up in the ring as well. He's he's a phenomenal talent to look out for in the future. Awesome. And the other thing I was wanting to ask is just um since like the pandemic, how's like the crowd size has been? Because we've seen like a a drop off definitely in the UK crowds. Um, yeah. they start they're coming back. Don't get me wrong, but like there was a time when we'd have to be on sort of one minute past twelve to get a ticket to, to yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. and then sort of and we were pro big shows. Yeah, you, you get, but nowadays we, we can get them. Let's like say there is a decent crowd. I'm not saying it's, it's bad. And obviously they've had to rebuild. I was wondering if it's, is it a similar situation in Ireland? Um, it would. It is similar. Like obviously, besides the pandemic, there was also like you know the speaking out movement and a lot yeah. of stuff happened with that as well. So a lot of people stepped away, and I don't think they have you know come back to it either. But they are selling out. They're not selling out straight away. Like the the Scrapper Mania this weekend had over two thousand people at it, and the awesome. in the National Stadium, which is huge. But um, the regular OTT shows, uh, you normally get three or four hundred people and some of the venues when they're traveling around and they go to Belfast a lot as well. So there's, you know, people who don't travel from Belfast to Dublin for shows, they get that crowd as well. And there are a lot of people, there's a lot of like super fans. OTT you have people like that sit front row. They like, you know, your man, super fans, smiles in yeah. WWE. Yeah. OTT have a, have a group of lads and ladies who do that. They don't go to every OTT show other than Wolves this year. They went to the Wolves. They had a show in Wolves and, in October of last year, and a lot of them went over to that, but some of them didn't go this time. But they go to Dublin and Belfast, wherever they go, they're there, front and center. They're the, the super fans. Fantastic. Yeah, that was the yeah, and that was my sort of follow up. I was going to ask: Is there much of a traveling audience coming in? I say this is the. I think I, I discussed with Ross quite a few times. I think that yeah, in progress. We've still got its London fans. Um, yeah. Obviously, we lost a few due to speaking out. A few due to the pandemic, which is more than understandable. But it used to be people traveling from all over the UK and there will still be some, but I, I was wondering if, if OTT had a similar thing that it doesn't get as many traveling fans as it did before. And, or, or whether you sort of, you think that's sort of rebuilding up. Um, Cause I say, Russell tell you that um, some of the people who've got in touch with him about the car, spike story of coming from America to watch it, which, you know, which is great to see that happening yeah. again. But I was wondering if there was a similar situation over, over there. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think generally, like, we're, we live in Cork, so it's a, it's a two and a half hour drive to Dublin for us to go to OTT shows. Like, so we don't get to go to all the shows, the main shows in the National Stadium, like Scrapper Mania is something we would definitely be going to every year. But whenever there is shows and we have a weekend, we can travel, we will travel. But because Dublin's such a condensed city and the fans that go to OTT shows go to all the OTT shows that are local. But there is other shows in Dublin. Fight Factory are not far away from OTT. They have a show every month and they have uh, Leighton Buzzard as the uh, Irish Junior Heavyweight Champion at the moment, which is the main title there for Fight Factory. Um, so they get people in as well. But there's just a smaller crowd. But it, you would see people at OTT shows that you wouldn't see at Fight Factory and vice versa. There's a lot of back and forth. They don't normally have shows on at the same time. I think it's only happened once where they've had a show on on the same night. So there is always wrestling on in Ireland. Like every second or third week, there's always a show on in Dublin. That if you can't travel to one, you know there's not always going to be another one. And a lot of talent from OTT, like the, there's no clashes between the companies. Like they'll sure. they'll each other. Like so, that's a good thing about the Irish wrestling. Regardless if they work together, they will never stop the wrestlers performing for other companies. Like we've, we've started commentating for a new company called Hard Knocks in Limerick. And a lot of talent from OTT would travel down to that for, for shows. And Sammy D would, would be one of the main stars on that show as well. Sounds a lot nicer than the English scene where there's um, some conflict with promotions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, in general, like there's always going to be conflicts between promotions because they're all, you know, fighting for the same thing. But the fact that they get along enough where they're never going to stop talent from traveling, you know, because they don't regularly have shows on at the same time. Um, most weekends, Fight Factory on a Friday, OTT would do a Saturday and, you know, Hard Knocks or RCW would do either a uh, Friday or a Sunday. So they normally don't clash with each other, which is a good thing. So talent can travel, but, you know, between shows, which is Phenomenal for some of the talent, like somebody like LJ Cleary, who travels, like there's very rarely a time on an Irish show, regardless of who it is, that he's not on the card. He travels a lot. You know, he's one of the hardest working wrestlers in Europe. I think he travels to the UK. He goes to Progress. He goes to Italy. You know, and he's been in Spain and places like that for, for shows. It's crazy. Moonlights nights as a policeman for G-Money. Yeah. <laughs> I still have to watch. I still need to watch it. We want to oh, come I, back. I won't say anything. I won't say anything else. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dying to see. I've seen the pictures. I've seen images, and I know it was like a murder mystery kind of thing. Was it? Or... Yeah, very, yeah. so who, who done it? Yeah, very good. Very enjoyable oh, show. It looks, it looks phenomenal. I can't wait to watch it. Just before we head into the actual show itself, Jerry, yeah. obviously there's been a lot of discussion on our side about imports recently because in the UK we've had issues with progress with the likes of Shane Strickland not being able to come to shows late we had obviously Jonathan Gresham as the progress champion for a long time and he couldn't end up coming to shows and had to be stripped of the title pretty much just recently uh, Rev Pro booked Lance Archer and last minute he couldn't show up and then obviously for OTT unfortunately for them they had an absolute nightmare with their imports um, for this show What's your view currently on imports? Do you think that the current crop of UK and Ireland talent is good enough to sell out a venue of 2,000 people as they are? Or do you understand why imports are such a big thing for... I, 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 definitely, understand, I definitely understand why imports are needed because the fans who aren't hardcore fans who wouldn't go to the to shows, maybe they, they'll come for somebody like John Moxley, who, who was previously advertised. Yep. Like I said, people who are wrestling fans, you know, but don't only watch WWE and would have come to see John Moxley, not knowing who the Irish lads were. 
but it's it's one of those things that you have to hook them in and get them invested in the Irish talent or the British talent who are you know whoever are on the show. So it is important to get you know get the the, the fans there, but. Again, I don't think that the imports are, the, are ever going to be the main attraction for a big show whenever there's so many talent, local talent that are able to put on a big match or a big show because this weekend, you know, they should have had John Maxley. Obviously, he was pulled out by AEW for a house show. They were supposed to have Eddie Kingston. He was supposed to be actually in January. He was supposed to have had a show in January. Unfortunately, because of uh, Jay Briscoe, he couldn't travel because of the funerals on the same time. So he was coming back this time and um, he was supposed to have contracted COVID, so he couldn't travel. And then, obviously, whatever happened with David Richard, we won't get into. He was supposed to be here as well for it. But regardless of that, the talent this weekend absolutely nailed the whole show. We had Big Demo, we had you know Santino, we had names on on the show. But they started off with two Irish lads, LJ Cleary and Danny Cross, started off in one of the hottest opening matches they've ever had. Then we've had. Fatal four ways, six man tag matches, women's title matches, and you know main events, and we had obviously Santino in the tag match as well. Like, but everybody just stepped up. Like, I think they were all out to prove a point that they don't need imports in their heads. They wanted to show off. This is what we can do. So people who bought tickets to see the imports still came because they bought the tickets, and they didn't. They weren't distracted by you know getting to meet John Moxley or getting to meet Eddie Kingston. So whenever they actually got to sit down and watch the show, not thinking about oh, these people should have been here. They showed them what they can actually do. And I think that's going to bring more fans back. Now, the fact that they put on such a great show without having to rely on imports. I think it's important that people see that you don't need imports. They put on a great show. It's great to get the fans in, but you don't specifically need big import names to put on a great show. Yeah, big time. Great to hear that. And also, I'm sure promoters would love to hear that as well, as it's cheaper. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, getting on to the Scrapmania weekend. So there was the first night in Wolverhampton and then the, the main event in Dublin. Have you seen the Wolverhampton show? Is that drop or did you make that one? It just dropped today, actually, on OTT Man. They only dropped it today, so someone will be checking out tomorrow evening when we get a chance to sit down and watch it. Some big matches on that as well. Obviously, Trent uh, and Sammy D had, had the main event, so Trent had a, you know, for spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it, but Trent had a big title win against Sammy D, who had one of the other titles, the NLW Championship, which is one of the biggest titles in Ireland. It's been around for a long time, so Trent has that now. And obviously, Trent's going to be able to travel the world, showing that off. Whether he get, you know, a doubt he'll be defending it all over, but he, you know, he can be named as the NLW champion now, which will also highlight OTT to other other countries. I think he's going over to to buy. For Wrestle uh, Fest soon enough, I seen him trying to advertise for something there. So whether he gets to bring that title with him, it would be a good thing to get show it off to you know a different audience over there. For sure. And anything else on the Wolverhampton card catch your eye? Obviously, I haven't seen it yet. That like any results or anything? There was a Irish Stars versus English Stars uh, match where Santino Morello was the special guest referee. Um, I think that that looked like a fun match. I've seen highlights of it on on YouTube. They had a preview up on it. It looked like uh, something that would be uh, very entertaining with. As Martina was part of the Irish team with uh, LJ Cleary and, and Danny Cross, who he ended up facing the following night. So it was kind of they were like Mitty and Omari and uh, Omari and uh, Leon Slater. Sorry, no, I just double check who was actually in that match. Omari and Danny or Dan Maloney. Because Millie was in it, wasn't she? Millie McKenzie, sorry, yeah. 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 So it looked like a fun match. Um, I can imagine that would be a ton of fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's and, um, some um, cop on cop violence, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they maybe they booked it that way. <laughs> and then so obviously Saturday show, yeah, but the main event. Yeah, I, I've struggled to like find the full listing on I was trying to look cage match, trying to find out. So I literally couldn't find out and I was sort of searching like OTT on Twitter, like um yeah. uh, and still couldn't find out much of the of a rundown of results uh, or or anything really. So I, I'm completely like it, Anything, anything you think was noteworthy or sh- sort yeah. of show. Well, uh, things I, I don't know where it comes from. Like because of people are so loyal to OTT, they're very reluctant to put spoilers out until it's on. I, I love that. Because <laughs> when you post something, there's a group for the Irish and OTT wrestling fans, and if you post anything into it, it'll get removed if it's a spoiler at all. Any kind of spoiler, you can't spoil things because people in the group who didn't attend the show want to wait till it comes out in demand to find out what happens. So it's it's very, very strict on what you can put onto the group. I can respect that, definitely. Uh, so we'll rely on when you're a first-hand uh, recount, Jerry. Uh, yeah, uh, well, again, the opening match uh, was LJ Cleary against Danny Cross, who is part of the draw with with uh, Sammy D. He's the general neutral champion, so it's a, it's a championship open to any, any gender at all. So Danny Cross was able to beat... Uh, LJ Cleary that night with the help of some of the members of the draw, which include Adam uh, Flex, Max Dead, and uh, Charlie Sterling. We're familiar with Charlie Sterling. We're big, uh, big fans of Charlie. Yeah. Love Charlie Sterling. Yeah, they're a phenomenal talent. They're a good tag team. They started the night OTT champions. I won't say what happened because there was another show in Belfast, which is a like a day after the, the okay. kind of like the Raw after WrestleMania kind of show. They they do in Belfast, and a lot of things happen that changes how the thing, how the show is going to go on further throughout the year. Yeah, and they, with that, they started off. Then they shot into a six-man tag match with Trent and Christ. I never remember his name. Oh, one, two, one. Doris. Doris. Sorry, that was like man, like oh, what's man, like Doris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like Doris. Dan Maloney, which crazy. This man is. Phenomenal, and they had a match against the Kings of the he's North. Last year, we saw him last year, and between this year and last year, he's turned into an absolute beast. <laughs> it's crazy how how big he's after getting, and he's he's a phenomenal talent. Like he's 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 got everything. I'm I'm sure he'll end up back in in either a bigger promotion or you know get contracted to WWE or AEW something because he's got everything. I think like he's phenomenal. That uh, that match was phenomenal. I, I don't think there was. A five minute spell during that match where they weren't outside the ring beating the shit of each other. Who are they up against? Sorry, <laughs> the Kings of the North. Oh, yeah, like Bonesaw and Corbin. And yeah, yeah. After that, we had a, a fatal four way then, which had Big Demo and Pack. This match was was off the charts. Was that with like Leon and Leon Slater? Yeah, yeah. Leon Slater and Robbie X. Yeah, yeah, that's that Kings sounds fantastic. <laughs> what I liked about this match is a, a lot of in the ring. I think Demo and Pack ended up on the outside of the ring for a bit and they let the two lads just go off each other. And some of the spots, I think, if you look on, on Robbie X's uh, Twitter, he had up uh, a highlight reel of, his, of the match. Some of the spots he did was phenomenal. He was able to squat Big Demo. Like he picked him, he picked him up at one stage and he started going down. It looked like he wasn't going to be holding him and then he just squatted him back up again. And then he did a fucking uh, a rolling thunder kind of jumped up and landed up on the ropes and then did a somersault on it's just uh, that that guy like we say we're, we're big fans of Robbie X think yeah. we think he's one of the most underrated talents in, in British wrestling yeah, yeah. And, and I think Pac is massively underrated as a, a star of world wrestling personally like I've said on here before he's uh 
floor is so high of his matches and I, yeah he just does everything with such intensity and he can work like very different styles that he I'd, yeah, but yeah, that match sounds incredible. I'd, I'd be tempted, to, yeah, to just subscribe to check that out. To be honest, like, yeah, it was absolutely mental. And Big Demo actually did a coast to coast. So I, he hasn't done that since uh, I think War Games. He, <laughs> <laughs> I think he regretted it straight after. <laughs> did did um Pack work Hill? He did well. Yeah, he he worked Pack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell. He does his you know he enters. Uh, he did. Pretends he's going to step up on the on the ropes. Yeah, and yeah. People cheer him, but he was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, but it's hard to know what pack is going to be. After that, way we had uh, Debbie Keitel and Martina had a title match for the women's championship. What's that? De- is Debbie still working? Was she, she was one of the woke queens. Yeah, yeah, she's still she's... the woke queen, and um, yeah, yeah. She, it was kind of a a double turn. There was, well, I'm not sure it was a double turn. She was. Debbie's been a popular female talent on on the OTT for a while. She won the title last year. She beat Emerson Jane for the title last year at Scrapper Mania. So she's held it for for a year, and everybody's been behind her. But because Martina, again, she's one of those who's been around since day one, and she yeah. has had, you know, she's been in you know mixed tag matches. She you know she never really fights for the women's titles anywhere. She's always in you know a comedy spot or you know doing something else. But this was like a serious, kind of a serious side of Martina. Like she really wanted, <laughs> so it was nice to see that side of it. But again, it was kind of back and forth: who's going to be face, who's going to be heel, kind of thing. So it got everybody invested in it. Do you want? Me, will I spoil it, or was you know, I won't say what happened? Hey, please do, please do. Um, yeah, so uh, Debbie kind of turned turned heel at the end, uh, and Martina got the win. Uh, but Debbie attacked her at the end and ran off with the title. So Martina never got to hold up the title at the end of the match. Never got the big moment. Oh. You never got that. She took that away from her, even though she's, <laughs> she's, she ran off of the title. So, you know, it's, it's obviously going to continue the storyline and, you know, further on during the year. So, smells like a double belt ladder match to me. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully back in the in the stadium, in the national stadium, because some of the venues, like, I don't, I don't know how high up the roofs are in some of the venues. <laughs> ladder matches would work. Yeah, there's only there's a few of the a few of the British, uh, well, your London-based venues. Definitely, you're not having a ladder match in the Tufnell Park Dome as much as we love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too many people going through uh, those uh, PVC or those roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like Tom's hand, the people will be going through. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you guys have an interval? Over there, uh, there was an interval after that match. Um, they, I forgot the match. Actually, before that, that was the Santino and. Uh, a person called Sem. Uh, he's he's another phenomenal talent. He's he came from Italy as well, but a year ago they had the tag match with Renzo Rose, the other Italian, and another lad called Ilya Zarkov, um, who's just a bruiser. He comes out carrying a chain, and he's just he looks like somebody who just kicked the shit out of anybody. <laughs> that was a fun match again. It's a tag match just to put the lads over, and Santino was able to put Renzo over. Renzo's oh, had really? matches with everybody in the last year. He's beaten a lot of people in the last year. I think he, again, if you see him over in the UK soon enough, it won't be a shock because he's he's a phenomenal talent, and a lot of people like that. Any you know sort of imports of coming over have put him over big time. So he's got a lot to show for. But after the interval, then we were, we had the tag team match with uh, Charlie Sterling and Adam. They beat uh, two lads called the Freshness, which is Fabio and Martin Steers, and or two two phenomenal talents as well. They were two of the highest rated people in our, our poll for the wrestler of the year. They're just uh, two phenomenal wrestlers, local towns as well, who's 
you know, been getting better and better since the pandemic is over. They've really stepped up. They uh, uh related? Not related. They've just I think they're just training together. Or, uh, oh, sorry, I, I thought I thought you said Fabio and Martin Skate. Just Fabio. Oh, sorry, uh, Fabio. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's he's taken the name Fabio. I'm not sure if it's from the model Fabio who's. Who famously got hit in the face with a bird on a roller coaster that time? <laughs> um, <laughs> but for a long time, he was a heat. You know, people really got under his skin. They were all saying he was a frigid, and that was one of the the things that people just used to shout at him. So it was a way of getting heat. He would tell people he's not a frigid, and people would just keep making up stuff for him. Like so, <laughs> it was a nice turn of events where people were actually behind him because Charlie and, and Adam were the were the heels in this match, so yeah. people were really behind uh, Fabio and, and Martin in this match. Unfortunately, they didn't get the win. But um, what what happened the night after was maybe a reason why they didn't. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And then was it was it main event time? Main event time then. Uh, Omar so, and, interested, but I say based on. I say again from what you were talking with Sammy yeah. about last week. What what was the crowd like? I was interested. That was one of them things as well because even before it was like it's Paddy's weekend. Sammy D is Irish. He had somebody coming out. He had a singer come out before he came out. Do the you know the big entrance singing Foggy Jew uh, Irish song. I'm not sure if you've seen um, what do you call it Bruce and Bruce Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell movie. I've seen it. Yep. Not- yep. I'm not good. Yeah, well, there's a song. There's a song at the end of it when Brendan Gleeson's going up the tower. That song, that song that was sung in that film. They had uh, this uh, local singer come out singing before he came out just to be Irish. Like, even though Sammy <laughs> D, he's the biggest heel in the comp. You know, people fucking despise him. Like there was people just booing him, and by the time the match is over, the whole place was cheering him, which is again something like nobody expected. And he, he didn't play the heel really in the, in the whole match, even though he's part of the draw and they're a heel faction. It was it was a, a phenomenal sight to see because we went to the School of Irish Wrestling last year and we did the kind of a feature documentary and he was uh, one of the the people we featured on it just to see you know him training and he was teaching people like even though he's only twenty seven years old, like 27, 28 years old, he's been in the business for fourteen years, which is which is crazy, like 14 years old, the last thing I wanted to do was even get out of bed. He (laughs) was training to be a wrestler. And now it's, you know, come to this point where he's become champion of the main promotion in Ireland, which is, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking. You know, you could feel the emotion coming off him. Like you just see, it really meant so much to him. And he had his family, obviously he had his family in in the audience and he brought his niece in who wants, you know, she was like, Sick, like you were like six or seven years old, and she wants to be a wrestler. And he brought her into the ring after they won the championship, put the belt on, and you were just like, you know, this is a fucking gone. Like, so how do you, how do you boom? You can't boom anymore. Like, so nah, do you think that's going to be a one time deal, or do you think that he's going to go back to being a heel later? It's hard to know. I'll tell you what happened the night after in Belfast. The lads lost a tag team title match. They lost their tag titles. I'm not sure if there's a reason why they lost them story wise. But it could be like a something to do with Sammy being a, a face the night yeah, before. Yeah. I, I won't move him. So I'm not sure exactly sure what happened. I just Perhaps know that, with the know, idea of moving him out out of that faction, possibly. Even though the you know the faction is it's, it's a great faction because Danny Cross, who used to go by the name Jay, only joined them last year, the end of last year. He turned he like well, he was one of the biggest baby faces in the company. Everybody loves him. He's got that you know blonde hair. He, everybody was like. Oh, <laughs> And now they're calling him the Draco Malfoy of OTT. Like he's... <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a hell of a show. Malfoy gets a 
Spoiler, gets a ba- almost a face turn at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Too little. There's, there's still hope for, uh, for Daddy Cross. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, maybe they're going to spin him out and feud with the faction, maybe. It's it's possible. They're, um, if they want to keep the rest of them healed. Well, there's three matches there they could have with him against either one separately. They've all had title matches themselves in the past against Omari. Omari's beaten the other three members. So maybe there's a bit of jealousy that Sammy was able to beat them and they couldn't. Well, so it looks exciting times going forward and oh. a well-told story that's got different avenues to go in the future. Yeah, I think Sammy has, has everything at the minute. Like, he, he can talk. If you've seen from the interview, like, when he cuts a promo, like he's got that, I'm not, I won't compare him to MGF, but he's got that, when he cuts a heel promo, he's got that, you, you listen to every word he says, you, you believe what he's going to do. He's just a phenomenal talent. Yeah, the sound clip from like, that you opened the episode with last week, which was mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing it was from the Scrapmania hype package. I'm, yeah, they had a, hype I say, had a little bit of Omari, but like he was the one so he sold it basically. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. They eighty percent of that clip was for yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so, um, any other thoughts on on the show? Or yeah, like again, like it was outstanding show. Like, again, like I said about the on imports, it's it's you know it's great to have people over that you can do meet and greets with it was great to meet Santino like you know so that was that was fun <laughs> getting to see him wrestle in person I didn't expect him to do a lot of spots but he did all his old spots he did his walk he didn't do the walk to the ring but he did the walk inside the ring <laughs> running the ropes but he run the ropes his way you know brilliant and he did the cobra and he did his hip toss and his splits and called you know Renzo Rose son of a gun whatever he calls people so, <laughs> you know, just nostalgia really for for that kind of thing I know, like we've had Scotty Too Hottie over. I know he's been all over Europe recently. Like we had him over last year, so getting to see him do the worm in person isn't you know one of those things. So you know more talent like that who are just there for for that kind of thing. But I wouldn't expect you know people like John Moxley to come over and steal the show anyway. You know, to be the main, he would come over to wanting to be main event. AEW probably you know expect their talent to come over and win whatever matches they're involved in to put them themselves over, which. Pack won that match. He won. He won that fatal four way. So he he obviously didn't lose. They weren't sending him over to lose. So I'm not sure exactly what Eddie Kingston would have done if he was here. Um, he was supposed to fight Big Demo, which would have been a phenomenal match anyway. Sounds like the uh, Forbidden Door pay per view. Possibly, <laughs> very possibly. <laughs> they didn't lose one match. Lost <laughs> Bray beat Orange Cassidy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven one. Yeah, <laughs> like that SmackDown be raw and Survivor Series. Yeah, it's a Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. Also, talking about um, Santino, it's great for those wrestlers that were on that card because obviously he's involved in Impact. Yeah. He's got big contacts in the world of Canada pro wrestling. Absolutely. So there's potential there that a lot of those guys have done a bit of networking for well, future dates overseas as well. Yeah, that's a positive thing about having people like that come over is they get the. See people like as we record this tonight. Santino's in the school of Irish wrestling doing a seminar because he was staying around for another couple of days. So he said it was the last. I think it was the last minute thing they called. This is he wanted to do a seminar, meet everybody, and you know talk to them about stuff. So awesome. you know get as much experience off him as possible, and you never know who's going to be picking up on it, who he might recommend you to. Absolutely, it's like when um Cody Rhodes came to do that show at, at Bethnal Green. He picked out a fair few people from that show. To be Kip Sabian still got a job from that. Exactly. Yeah. Is, that, is that where he got from? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's where they yeah, Cody found him. Yeah. That's mad. It's cool though, because when you get that, like they a couple before the pandemic, the elite were over here. They had before Will Osprey was a Will Osprey, like he was in a 
in a tag team uh, with Leo Rush and uh, the other lad. I, I keep forgetting him. And he passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, Ryan and, Smile. Ryan Smile, sorry, yeah. So they were in a six-man with the, the Elite in, in the National Stadium here for a show outstanding. But it was Osprey against Omega at one stage during the match. I and mean, when you go back and watch it, like Osprey is very, very young in it. And yeah, there yeah. you are. Everybody's talking about this dream match, but if you go back then, it's just like this is where probably when they first met. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the sort of European talent. That's where, yeah, they, as you say, they will meet these guys for the first time. Yeah, whether it's in a tag match or it's a short match, and he, as, as Russ mentioned, yeah, you make those connections, and and you go on, and yeah, hopefully better their careers. And I know we always feel a sense of sort of like pride in, and I'm sure you do yourself with the with the Irish uh, scene. That the guys you've seen come up from the very bottom, like for us, it's someone like Oku and you like Jamie Hayter. We've seen like come up almost from well, Oku, we saw his debut, and like yeah. Jamie Hayter, like quite early on in that career. And they see how they've come, and I'm, and there must be people like that from from your side in the Irish in the Irish industry, or, or ones who are, who are maybe on the cusp, like your, your Sammy D, hopefully. And yeah, you, well, you, you, you obviously sense you know. A pride if if you see somebody on like AEW or WWE that's you know you've seen at an indie show before they were famous you're like oh yeah I remember when I saw them you know you didn't remember them at the time but then you're like oh shit I remember seeing them because <laughs> that show that that Pac and Mike Bailey were on there was a match uh, the Rascals were on I didn't know who they were at the time and they you know crazy like oh I didn't know who they were they didn't even go up and look for autographs or you know take pictures <laughs> or nothing. I was like, oh, I don't know who they were like, and next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, they're on Impact, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great thing about wrestling, isn't it? That it's almost like, yeah, I say, I say, myself and Ross both support lower league football teams, and you, you get like someone on loan, and then they go on to be something. It's always the same in like, yeah, in this sort of yeah. British and Irish and your European wrestling scene, that you get these guys coming up before they go on to bigger. I'm not gonna say necessarily better things, but they go on to bigger things, and you know, and it's better for them. Uh, yeah, we, we might like our, our promotions better, but yeah, they'll go into bigger things, and and you can just you can always look back on the on those moments that you've had with them, and that's all. The ones you get a connection with in yeah. the ring is are the ones you yeah you look back on with most fondly. I think absolutely, absolutely. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on, a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Awesome. So Ross. What have you been watching this week? So this week, what I really wanted to talk about was how much I loved the NXT skit between Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller. I don't know if, if any of you have seen it, but they yeah. did a home, like uh, Johnny Gargano's in the ring, cutting a promo on Grayson Waller. And then the commentator comes in and shows him his phone. And he's like, Grayson Waller's live now and he's at your house. <laughs> and Johnny just drops the microphone, runs to the backstage. The show goes on for like another hour. It cuts back to Johnny's house. They wrestle in the front garden. They're like scrapping around. They're Irish whipping each other into a tree at one point. <laughs> and eventually, Grayson Waller is the one that comes out on top in this kind of scrap, almost kind of um, WrestleMania 36 esque. With scrap in a in a creepy uh, dark lit garden <laughs> and um there's this amazing shot at the end where grayson waller kind of is over a fallen johnny and candace is at the front door holding a, like a newborn baby being like that's enough get out get out and then grayson waller's just like stood over him calls him like pathetic or something and then candace walks over to johnny 
and kind of holds the baby close to Johnny and, and Johnny kind of hugs the baby. Kind of was like way over the top, way silly, way NXT, which is what NXT is all about now, which I love personally because it's something different. And as we all know from Black and Gold NXT, Gargano really excels when it comes to like the over dramatic <laughs> kind mm -hmm. of side of pro wrestling and it really fits. And you've got a brilliant heel that um, he can play off. Obviously, his best stuff for me was with Champa, and that was when Champa was being an absolute bastard to him. And Grayson Waller's doing it here in a slightly different way. He's a bit more campy than Champa was, but he's probably even more unlikable, which is perfect. And I think it's a great feud, and I'm really, really looking forward to the match at Stand and Deliver. Yeah, so I didn't see that one. Did you catch that, Jerry? I did, I did. Uh, I was watching highlights. On, I haven't sat down to watch NXT on a, for the full show in a long time, but a lot of the clips end up on YouTube, so I was, was able to catch up on it. And they played the whole the whole scene, uh, the whole home invasion scene, if, if you want to call it a home invasion. They never, never got inside the home, but <laughs> breaking the shovel over his back, throwing each other under the bushes, was, I thought it was hilarious. But uh, yeah, I'm, ex I'm, ex I'm actually excited for Stand and Deliver. There's a lot of good matches on it. I'm hoping... You know, someone like this feud. But it's not. I don't know. Can you call it a feud yet between Ron Brecker? I keep calling him Bronson. Yeah. And Carmelo Aces. I think the match is going to be. I think the match is going to be phenomenal. I hope it's Carmelo ends up winning it. And... I think he will. And they've built those two up as kind of the two big kingpins of the promotion. And having them have their match finally at their biggest show of the year, perfect. I, yeah. I think NXT are absolutely rocking at the moment. Like for example, tonight. The main event is going to be JD and, and Ilya Dragunov, so that'll be worth staying up for. Yeah, is the show like on the? Is it like a weird like afternoon sort of morning time? Yeah, again, isn't it like like eleven thirty or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For us, it's it's early doors. Okay, it's nice for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you traveling? Are you going over to WrestleMania? Or no? Not not going this year. Last year I went to Bloodsport. I flew over Bloodsport and um, but then came home before Mania. I've, I say I've done a few, but I'm more I'm, I'm leaning more towards the all out the um, the AW these days. I did all out last year. What was that like? Uh, uh, good, yeah. yeah. So I'm a massive punk fanboy, so I, I had a great time, <laughs> and then it all went <laughs> weird. But, <laughs> but yeah, I had a really really good time out there. Yeah. How but, about um, you, Jerry? What have you watched this week? I haven't, I haven't caught up on Raw yet. I watch SmackDown on, on Saturday. I watch SmackDown every Saturday morning when I get up. I, I find it hard to stay up anymore to watch wrestling. <laughs> Building myself up just to watch WrestleMania this year, a couple of days before it. That, um, I also watch SmackDown, Ross. The whole, oh, nice. well, whole one-hour version. Nice. No, not the two-hour, but the one hour was on last night, and I watched the whole thing, so I can discuss SmackDown. I'll the Bloodline <laughs> um, stuff on SmackDown was superb, I thought, as always. Phenomenal. I don't, I don't want it at the end. I know, yeah. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I, I, I know you're a massive fan, Ross, of Jey Uso and his, just his face. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it is it's, so good. It's incredible. That guy, his, um, yeah, his facial expressions and his just how he conveys something with a look. like That's like top-level acting. I mean, I'm not sure how much range he's got if he's just got like two or three looks. <laughs> yeah. But like, he's got that one look down better than... <laughs> Literally. But he's, he's believable. You believe him when he when he's when he said he doesn't give you know he doesn't care what Roman thinks that time with that promo. You know you believe when yeah. he's, when he looks scared of Roman, then you <laughs> believe him when he's really pissed off and you think he's just going to jump Roman and just destroy him. Yeah, I, I hope Cody wins, but I don't hope Cody wins at the same time because like, I, I have a feeling that if Cody wins, it'll be great for him and the family legacy and all that. But I, I have a feeling they could end up pushing him down the John Cena 
Bruton, you know, have him drop the title a few times, but be a multi-time champion and push him to the moon, and people might get pissed off with him after about a year, and they may turn on him. I have a feeling, you know, they did that in any AEW. They turned started turning on him when they started booking him too much. Yeah, they they made the mistake of starting to book him against likable people. Yeah, so, so he ended up getting booed. Like, wasn't it back to back? He feuded with Malachi Black and then Starks. That Malachi Black feud was just. I don't know it, was it, it was like Black Pack and Andrade? Andrade, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Andrade. right, yeah. 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 But on Raw, there was a really cool little bit where Sami Zayn said to Jay Uso, um, everyone knows that you dream of stabbing Roman in the back, just like I did. And then they all go backstage to Roman's little uh, layer. <laughs> and... Um, and they're all dismissed by Roman Reigns, but bar Jay. And then Jay, he basically says, are you still with me? And Jay takes a while, does that brilliant facial expression, <laughs> kind of just nods at him. And then he says, hey, Jay, I love you. And then Jay just looks at him and doesn't say it back and walks out. Mm-hmm. And then Paul Heyman comes in and he's like, did you get the answers that you were looking for? My tribal chief. So, like, loads of people were starting to speculate that potentially Cody wins, but with the help of Jay at WrestleMania, which I don't mind. But I've been saying for years and years now that I want Jay to be the one to finally topple Roman, personally. But I'm fine if uh, he's still in the main event because he's main event Jay. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up on SmackDown was Waltz Gunther. Sorry. Yep. He was brilliant on the just on just sort of taking the piss out of Wade Barrett on commentary and just being a, <laughs> um, he, a he's got in like ridiculous shape, which I'm, I think makes him I don't know I'm not sure it makes him more threatening, but he like fair play to the boy he, he looks incredible, but just on the mic it's just I've never really seen him on the mic that much, even in some of his old sort of some of the OTT feuds I don't remember him doing much of the talking I mean I might be completely wrong on that uh you can feel free to correct me jerry but it was always more he was just the the beast there that there was trying to be slayed and and the other that like it was devlin or other people trying to be the one who were talking him up but he was he, he seemed so natural just on the mic just yeah. jumping onto the headset and i was like well oh, fair play that's i know you're a phenomenal wrestler and that's a side of you that I, I guess he didn't really need it on the indies but when you're not as that much big when everyone else in in the wwe and you've got to show that side, and he had that as well, which I was pretty impressed with. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember him being on commentary like that, where he's able to cut, you know, cut kind of promos like that. You know, a few backstage promos, but you've never really re- related him as a promo guy. He's just a fucking a big dude who's just going to <laughs> slap the and that's all he needs, really. Like, but yeah, it was, it was a hell of a way to put him over even more as a, you know, threatening champion. I'm not sure I, how that's going to turn out though. I think that match. Like match wise, that's bit of me. Those three, yeah, just slapping me out of each other. <laughs> it, it feels very much like. Do you remember the match that we went to Ali Pali for, where it was Thatcher, Riddle, and Volta? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I would love for it to follow that kind of recipe, where it was. It was only about ten minutes, but they were just like, right, ding ding, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be that long. And if they want to move him up, maybe that's the way they they won't take the pin and they want to I think the way to go about that we'll probably talk about it more next week when we do the mini preview but I personally want to see Sheamus do the heel turn in, in that match and kind of bullshit the victories so like maybe Drew hits the claim more and then he rolls him out or something oh that oh, that's the other thing yeah sorry to interrupt but that uh, claymore bro kick 
double spot was oh, awesome. That was so good, wasn't it? Fair play. <laughs> They've definitely practiced that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Just in their hotel rooms. <laughs> After a couple of drinks. Any AEW thing catch your eye this week? I thought the opening, you had the four pillars coming out, or the original four pillars at the start, which was, uh, I think once um, Guevara came out, I was like, ah, oh, Darby's got to come now. Because <laughs> the, jung- the Jungle Boy, I was like, yeah, Jungle Boy's coming out. I was like, oh yeah, there's, yeah, Darby's going to come out and do the four pillars. That was a yeah, like pretty cool thing to see them do do yeah. all, all in the same, re- to, uh, same ring at the same time. Yeah, anything stand out on the show for you or any, any thoughts on that at all, guys? I think it was a good it was a good way to have them on the show to to remind people that you know these are the four pillars who've been there from well kind of from day one. But I I felt because MGF has gone on to a different level, the rest of them, you know, you don't believe any of them are gonna beat him. None of them are at the minute really believable as as the next champion. When you looked at the future of AW back, you know, a couple of years ago, you were trying to predict who was gonna be the next champion and you could predict, you know, Kenny Omega and Hangman and MJF would be champions. This is before Punk even was on AEW. And after that, you were thinking maybe Wardlow would be the, the one to dethrone MJF. And, and I'm not sure exactly what's going on with Wardlow or why he's been booked the way he's been booked. But uh, when he beat MJF last year, I thought that was you know, a ticket to him being a champion, a main champion at some stage. Maybe it'll happen. They'll rebook him properly again. But I can't see anybody at the minute on, on AEW who has you know a viable person to beat MJF who's up to his level other than you know bringing back CM Punk yeah I'd, I'd agree unless I, I think you could if you put like Hangman or Kenny in there then it's believable but I think they've created like some challenges like mm-hmm. Jungle Boy's a credible challenger yeah. Starks is probably a credible challenger but no like for like the sort of interim in between pay-per-view feuds yeah. if they want to give MJF a title defense but yeah no I don't think any of them are quite and maybe that, like, similar to what I, I guess they did with MJF when Moxley was champion, or I can't remember if it was Moxley or Pay. I don't think it was, but he had like a title match when he was sort of still on his way up, and then he sort of referenced back to it when he when he won. And maybe something like that with like a with a Jungle Boy. Or, I don't think Darby will ever be champion. I don't think that's, and I definitely don't think Guevara will ever get there. No. I think Jungle Boy is the one who I think in the next couple, maybe in a couple of years' time, they can get up to that level. I think the thing that um, I took away from it was um, that uh, Darby Allen was trying to get babyface reactions by dropping out of film school. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think any, any thoughts on the, just quickly on the main event? I thought it, it was a little bit disappointing for me, the three on three on three compared to the three on three the other week, uh, the six man just between the elite and the house of black. I don't think Jericho Guevara and Garcia added I think they took away from that rather than added to it. There was a couple of cool spots with Jericho and Kenny sort of teaming up. I think it was on Brody in the corner when they both couldn't do it on their own. And obviously it's the Winnipeg home crowd, so I get what they did it. But I, I don't know. I think I went in with really high expectations based on the six man at the pay-per-view and it didn't quite hit for me, but that's personal opinion. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I think it was more of a hometown pleaser than a, you know, overall people watching at home pleaser like it was based for the Winnipeg crowd. It was cool to see Omega and Jericho back in the ring again. Like, not sure if we'll ever get that match on AEW TV one on one between them. But it did, I don't think it did anything to prolong the story of the House of Black being champions. I think they need to move on to another feud with you know whoever Orange Cassidy's crew or whatever crew wants to go next. To it. But I think they should be champions for a long time. They should be. Yeah, agree that. Yeah, and then the 
looks like we're going back to some sort of hangman and elite mm-hmm. drama at the end, which is a story that never really quite finished. Yeah. They've sort of gone almost gone back to it a couple of times and yes, maybe they're they're gonna be his friends to take on the combat club. Did they run out of time when when they cut off before he got a chance to turn? did they run I know they, they do that a lot. They they run short of time and they have to rush a lot of things through. So well, I I saw him turn around and see him. And then the, the last thing, I don't know, because I got it on the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, the last thing I said was like the combat club sort of, Moxie was like, no, nah, we won't have them today. And they sort of cowardly walked away yeah. sort of thing. But I don't know, what, did it cut out earlier on? No, the, before the, he, just before he turned around and, and made eye contact with him, it just cut as he was turning. So ah, okay. I know there was a clip online of what happened after the fact, but, you know, as a TV show, like, you know, that's where it ends for people and they don't know. Right, yeah, but they, I'd imagine they must have, yeah, they, they must have run a little bit out of time there. Yeah. I think they kind yeah. of rushed the, all the spots of people coming down the ramp. There was a lot of hurried spots coming down there. Yeah. So. Uh, Ross, you got anything to say? We want to move on to uh, finish up with a quick book of bingo? Yeah, that's pretty much it for me this week. Um, so let's do a book of bingo. B-I-N-G-O and bingo was his name-o. We're up against the Booker King here in Jerry who's got a nickname based upon his booking abilities, so this should be embarrassing. Let's do... Okay. This is going to be interesting. We've got an intergender match, which seems to happen every single week. Last week was Sammy v. Scott Steiner. (laughs) We've got ourselves OTT alumni Dan Maloney versus NXT's Isla Dawn. Right. So to give our guest time to think... I will attempt to go first. <laughs> so we've got Dan Maloney, obviously, with the... Well, after we saw... What was that opera singer's name? Oh, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but he, he's now got the best rig in British wrestling. So Dan Maloney's now been relegated to the second best rig in British wrestling, but it's still an impressive rig. So we've got Dan Maloney from the 0121. Isla Dawn, who is rocking a sort of witch gimmick, am I right? Correct, yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, so Dan Maloney's out. You know, he's just backstage working out in the gym. I think he must spend a lot of time there. Uh, but what he doesn't know is Isla Dawn has, with her witch powers, changed the weights. So they're actually a lot less than what he thinks he's lifting. <laughs> so Dan Maloney, he can't work out why, but his muscles keep going down and down. And like he's not like out of shape, but he just hasn't got the strength that he used to have. And he's come out, he's been challenged to a match. Isla Dawn says, I think I can beat you in a test of strength, Dan Maloney. As, as they come to match and basically he's so weak from the lack of uh, weights he's been lifting that Isla Dawn makes him tap out to a test of strength and beats him in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think the um, the witchcraft to uh, change his weights is inspired. <laughs> Gary, that's what you got to beat. That's this sort, of, this sort of caliber of stuff we come up with. <laughs> I'll go next to yeah. give uh, main event Jerry, his time to shine. Let's go with the storyline that the 0121 are like jocks who um, go around basically bullying the like weaker type people in the roster. So obviously part of that is a goth. The goths are weak. Let's pick on the goths. 
So they say they only fight the palest wrestlers, <laughs> which is plenty of in Brit rest. And we can even, you know, goff up someone who who isn't necessarily goff looking, but you know, we could make LJ Cleary a goff. <laughs> Put him in the goff group and it's not that episode of South Park. <laughs> <laughs> and the goffs are like there's loads of them, but they keep on losing. It's like, you know, 0121 versus 10 goffs, and they keep on losing. Easy, because they're goffs and they're weak. And they normally wrestle at night, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is when they should be having their ultimate powers, but they're really struggling. So they gather together and they think, who's the ultimate goff in wrestling at the moment? It's Isla Dawn. They get on the phone to Isla Dawn. She creates an ultimate faction of goths. So she comes with Raven, Vampiro, Great Muter. <laughs> um, Jared Goff. <laughs> Jared Goff. <laughs> Richard Goff. <laughs> don't Darren be Goff. furious if I don't mention Darren Goff. Just... <laughs> Eventually, it's a Survivor Series elimination match. Dan Maloney captains one team, 0121, and Isla Dawn captains the other. And brilliantly, we get Goff Big Show, and she brings in Big Show as the ultimate Goff. But as we all know, <laughs> Big Show loves the heel turn. So unfortunately, by the end, he joins the 0120 and he starts rapping. <laughs> if, we, if, if we get a brummy rapping Big Show, I'm all in for that. <laughs> Good luck beating that, Jerry. I don't, I don't know how to wrap and make sure. That's my goss. Um, I'm going to go for a hmm, Halloween Havoc main event match. Dan Maloney dressed up as a zombie against Isla Dawn, a witch, and it's a witch's broom on a pole match. At the end of the witch's broom is a brain that Dan Maloney has to eat. Um, <laughs> If he can't reach it, she gets the broom, she flies around and she stabs him in the head with the shaft of the broom. Obviously, there's going to be some outside interference. There's going to be zombies surrounding the ring, kind of lumberjacky on one side and a lot of witches on the other side and they're all having fisticuffs, really. Witches are putting spells on the zombies and the zombies end up eating each other. One of the zombies <laughs> gets away and eats one of the witches and then that she turns into a zombie witch and starts eating the other witches. So the lumberjacks are gone, so it's just left with Dan. <laughs> And Isla fighting it out for the, the broomstick on a pole. They climb to the top rope. Isla's about to reach it. Dan, who's not a zombie, just dressed as one like Bill Murray from uh, Zombieland. There's uh, <laughs> the shit out of her and she turns around and kicks him off the top rope, jumps on the, the broom, sweeps down, flies straight through him, cuts him in half. He's flats open. She thinks she's won. She's holding up the broom, but she didn't take the headshot or go for double tap. He comes back together, <laughs> bites her on the neck, Takes the broom, eats the head, match over, damn lonely wins. <laughs> and he's fully nourished. Hey. That's amazing. <laughs> Definitely watch that one. <laughs> well, so you're giving the victory to? Without doubt, because the guests always win. It's Jerry. <laughs> Congratulations, Jerry. And I think, yeah, that was a fantastic debut book of bingo. Well, that'll probably be about all we've got 
time for today we've gone reasonably long not too long not too long but uh, yeah hopefully uh you've enjoyed listening to it thanks so much for coming on jerry really That's enjoyed having you um can we just give you a moment to plug anything you want to plug yeah yeah uh check us out not on on youtube on instagram on twitter we're irish wrestling eight or irish wrestling entertainment um we've got interviews podcasts uh, we cover wrestling, but we also cover movies and TV shows. This week, uh, we're actually recording a show on Andy Kaufman. We're going to be reviewing the Man in the Moon movie with Jim Carrey, just uh, because Andy's been announced for the WWE Hall of Fame. So we thought we'd make the, do a, a review on that and just talk about Andy Kaufman a bit and what his impact for, for wrestling had when, when he had that uh, match with Jerry Lawler. So we're, we're recording that this week. So it should be out on, on YouTube in the next few days. And we'll be obviously doing our, our post-wrestling media show as well and We'll be reviewing some other movies and TV shows throughout the year. But if you subscribe to the channel, we have plenty of videos in charge there. You can follow us on, on Twitter as well. And we do a lot of memes and stuff with the Simpsons references. We go, uh, we shout out to the Simpsons Wrestling page on Twitter because they've given us a lot of support over the years and they tweet a lot of <laughs> stuff. We've got a lot of followers because of that lad who, who runs that. So shout out to them as well. Awesome. Thank you very much. And again, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Ross, can you plug our stuff as you know it better than me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Instagram run by Don Van Dam. Absolutely pivotal to be following it on Instagram, especially for the live show stuff. Dom does an amazing job of capturing what our live show events are like uh, when we go to Progress or Rip Pro or some of the smaller shows around the UK. And that can be found at, at Wrestling Should Be Fun. And on Twitter, we twat about asking questions, doing nostalgic posts, doing live tweeting and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun so get involved in that as well to become the next gimmick in the call-up sheet too which is at wsbfun thank you very much ross the boss casey i've been jch uh, i'm going to revolution rumble on sunday bit of rev pro bit of oku v zach saber jr i'm all in for that ross you may join me i know a couple of the other boys oscar's coming rob's coming so we'll probably try and get some sort of live stuff on the insta from that apart from that yeah i've been jch thanks so much to ross and jerry and we'll see you soon on the rest of the should be fun podcast see you pals wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun, should be fun.